1: Learn more at marines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of the We Are Podcast on the DK, Pits- DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. He's Corey Geiger. I'm Jared Prugar. Corey, you know, the football season is nearing and Penn State is typically a perennial power. But over the last few seasons, they haven't been as powerful as they they might be, but yet they're still on the front porch of being that perennial power. Why is that? Well, what's interesting with Penn State
0: is I just wrote a story. People can read it. DK Pittsburgh sports. I picked him to go seven and five. And do you know how slim the margin is between seven and five and really, even ten and two, Jared. If you think about what Penn State is capable of doing, if they get a break or two, if they keep people healthy, you know, the, if I if I were to sit here and tell you, hey, Jared, Penn State's going to go seven and five, would you think that's a pretty bad a bad or a pretty weak season? Seven and five after
1: the last yep. few years, um, probably not. But historically, yeah, I think that's pretty bad for Penn State.
0: And, but what I would say is that the difference between this Penn State team being seven and five and, and at least nine and three, or maybe even ten to, might come down to five place, six place, and so the the good news is for it's not like Penn State enters this season wondering what they need to do to go right to be really good. Hey, the talent's there, man. they've got good enough players. They've got to execute. But as I'm going through, we have a game by game projection at, e, at DK Pittsburgh Sports, and I have them at seven and five. It very easily could be nine and three. I've got them losing to Purdue and losing to Auburn. If they beat both of those teams, Jared, they could go nine and three, ten and two. And so you go back to 2016. They got the block field goal against, uh, against Ohio State, changed the whole season, and and that game, that one game, that one play, really springboarded Penn State back to national prosperity. So if you think about when you have the kind of talent that Penn State has and you're going to be in just about every game, the difference between being a really really good team and being a mediocre or even subpar team comes down to really just a very small number of plays.
1: Right, and that's the and that's that's football. Like there like you can there you can name specific plays here and there, you know, that that change the complexity of not only the games but the seasons, and and that's what's you know what's crazy about Penn State football because you look at a couple different situations. You you know you look at against the Rose in the Rose Bowl against USC, certain things in the second half go a different way. Um, things are completely different. Uh, and then you look at maybe at Ohio State Saquon returns the opening kickoff back. I believe it was two thousand seventeen or two thousand yeah two thousand seventeen and and then obviously they they go up and. Penn State, you know, falls off in the second half, just one play here, one play there. They get a stop here. They get a stop there. And that changes the entire complexity of those seasons. And that, but that's just how, you know, much margin for error in the big 10 there is because in the big 10, you've got to deal with Ohio state, Michigan, Michigan state in your division, let alone the conference. So that margin of error is so slim that it comes down to one, two, three plays in a handful of different games.
0: And look, there's no question, last season was a disaster, right? Seven and six collapsed after reaching number four. But if you look at it a different way, if Sean Clifford doesn't get hurt at Iowa, they beat Iowa, they beat Illinois. Now you're talking about nine wins. How would we feel about Penn State after a nine-win season? And look, then maybe things are different against Arkansas in the Outback Bowl. Maybe they win a 10th game. How would we feel differently about Penn State right now today about to enter the season if they had won nine games last year as opposed to seven? How differently would we feel about James Franklin? I will say, to be perfectly honest, I think James Franklin, when I'm trying to decide what's going to determine games, win or lose, he falls more into the the lose category. So if I'm trying to say, okay, Penn State might be able to beat this team if this, this, or this happens. Unfortunately, I still I still count put James Franklin in that area that that it actually may cost Penn State a little bit. But at the same time, if he gets a little better coaching, if the, if the talent is there, you see what I'm getting at, Jared they can win just about every game on the schedule, except for maybe Ohio state. And and if you think about it like that, yeah, they're really not as far off as maybe what people might think
1: for a team that's not even ranked in the top 25 in the preseason. Right. But again, and we talked about this year after year, preseason rankings really don't matter. There's so much different, so many different variables that go into that. And, Listen, without seeing a team play and putting them in the top 25, you know, it's for clicks, it's for views, whatever. But at the end of the day, where you're ranked before the season starts, you know, isn't really relevant. Then you look at teams like Notre Dame's in the past or, or what have you, that start in the top 10 and then immediately fall out with, with a loss here or a loss there. So there's just so much that can happen. So Penn state, I think is in a great situation, um, to, to really make an impact if they can make those plays. Again, we talked about all the time, James Franklin on game days and how good, bad, or indifferent he, is, he usually is. So if, if they can make that turnaround on game days, life could be pretty good for Nittany Lion fans this year. Well, I've got them losing to Purdue in
0: essentially what might be a coin flip game. How certain am I that Purdue's going to win that game? I'm 52%, whatever. Then they go to Auburn. They can beat Auburn. It is an SEC environment. If they beat Auburn and they're sitting there maybe at 3-0, not only is Penn State ranked, they're ranked in the top 15, maybe even knocking on the door of the top 10 before too long. And now we're thinking about this season differently. So this is what I'm talking about is one or two plays at Purdue, one or two plays at Auburn could end up, defining this season in a lot of ways. And I will mention this very, very, very key component when I look at trying to predict the entire season. I think it's like the Pirates, Jared, for Penn State fans that follow the Pirates. Maybe people don't. Once the Pirates start losing, it's easy for them to just lose a ton because they give up. They start trading away their good pieces. They start playing all their young guys. They give up. Winning today is not the priority anymore. With Penn State, if they lose two or three games, I think they've got to play for the future. As opposed to if they beat Purdue and beat Auburn, hey, now you're playing for 10 wins. Sean Clifford is still your starting quarterback. You lose two or three games, is Sean Clifford still your starting quarterback? Are you trying for nine or 10 wins? Or are you trying to keep Drew Aller happy? That's
1: That's how big those early season games are right and they do truly change the complexity of the game because if they win life's good but if they lose it could be a downward spiral pretty quickly and we've seen that uh for penn state in recent years but Corey, when we come back here on the second segment we're going to talk about uh some big time decisions made throughout the big 10 this year or this week i should say as uh the the big 10 and its members are about to get paid some significant amounts of money when we return on the second segment of the we are podcast on the dk pittsburgh sports Podcasting Network. Welcome back to the second segment of the We Are Podcast on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Corey how much do you view a lot of money as
0: you know what i'll be i'll be honest with you. if i had a million dollars i'm 48 years old if i had a million dollars that might get me and my family through the rest of our lives certainly 2 million would you're younger you might be more in that 2 to 3 million dollar range but i'll tell you when you look at this big 10 money jared it is it is staggering when
1: you think about this amount of money 7.5 billion dollars that's billion with a b b Corey, that is an absurd amount of money and that breaks down to roughly the big 10 and its institutions getting about 80 million dollars as a result of this deal that's going to put them uh, I, I i'm not a math major so or wasn't a math major so my numbers might be uh inaccurate there but but that puts them on cbs nbc and fox and it takes them away from espn and abc which the mothership but it puts them in some significant time spots time slots moving forward in the 2023 season and big 10 football is going to be here to stay
0: yeah i'll be perfectly honest with you in this day and age with you can get any channel you want i don't care if it's espn abc fine i, I don't care to, i i honestly don't necessarily think that matters anymore whether they're on espn or abc I mean, you can get these channels. Everybody can get these channels if you want them. Yeah, it might be some different announcers or what have you. The money factor, though, is what's staggering when you're thinking about getting seventy-five to eighty million dollars per per year just from your football TV money. Meanwhile, the ACC teams are getting thirty-five to forty million dollars. Pitt's getting thirty-five to forty million. Penn State's going to be getting seventy-five to eighty million. Clemson's going to be getting thirty-five to forty million. Ohio State's gonna be getting 75 to 80 million. How long can Clemson remain a have in college football in the have-have-nots discussion? How long can some of these other leagues remain competitive with the Big Ten and the SEC with the amount of money? That's really what absolutely solidifies and secures the future of all of these Big Ten teams and certainly Penn State. I wrote this in the week. There was a time, Jerry, where people thought Penn State should be in the ACC. Well, that time is no more because joining the Big Ten 30 years ago turned out to be the the greatest thing that Penn State has probably ever done in in collegiate athletics.
1: Right, and, you know, it's definitely paid off. And we talked about this when when USC came aboard uh, in the Big Ten. They have every major media market on lockdown it seems. And that's, I mean, that's a big, big factor here um, in regards to, to how much money is, is being thrown around. But what I, what is intriguing to me, and we've talked about this a couple of times is Notre Dame, Notre Dame's deal was through NBC. NBC is a partner here starting in 2023 with the big 10. And I think that's going to force a couple hands here uh, as the dominoes fall among college football teams in the conference landscape.
0: That's interesting. I'm curious to hear your perspective on it. I'll let you go first on this because somebody asked me that on my live questions at five, if Notre Dame being part of NBC and, and the big 10 being part of NBC, if that would somehow get NBC get Notre Dame to help join the big 10, you you say yes or no there.
1: Um, I I think that, I think that would make sense for them to join the big 10 now. I mean, I I don't know how it's going to break down financially for them. Um, It's just one of those situations that I think is going to mean the best for everybody involved here because with NBC and and Notre Dame having that allegiance already, it makes that perfect. It makes it somewhat of a perfect union. If Notre Dame is forced to, you know, to, to get into a conference because I don't think NBC is going to want to throw around that money to both the big 10 and Notre Dame if it's Notre Dame in the Big Ten I think it's a little bit different that is the key right there
0: how much money does NBC have that that's the bottom line I will say let me just preface this if there's any Notre Dame fans listening to this I'm sorry if I, I'm just tired of talking about Notre Dame I'm tired of talking about and waiting on whatever the hell Notre Dame wants to do forget about Notre Dame you, you can't live your life Waiting to see if the pretty girl is going to finally accept your date request. You can't ask the pretty girl eight hundred times and she keeps saying no. You got to move on with your life. You, you got to find somebody else. Okay, if Notre Dame wants to be on its own, to hell with them. Go be on your own. I'm tired of I'm tired of having this discussion and it all centers around what Notre Dame wants to do. Well, if they don't want to be in the Big Ten, fine. Take a hike. Go do you. Whatever. Have fun with you. Okay, so that that to me is is what bothers me about Notre Dame. Look, they want to be independent. I'm 1 million percent certain about that. Notre Dame does not want to be told what to do by anybody. So they are going to fight tooth and nail to be independent, for as long as they possibly can. And if that's what they want to do, fine. Go add Oregon and Washington and whomever else and and let Notre Dame do whatever. But I do think it's interesting, this NBC component, you think that that could be a factor to help lead Notre Dame to the Big Ten. I actually think it could lead Notre Dame further away from the Big Ten, because I think now NBC is in the best of both worlds. NBC's got this entire Big Ten football package that they can sell all this inventory. And, Jared, they've got Notre Dame with different matchups, different teams, a different audience, different tradition. If you follow what I'm saying, NBC, to me, having both, I, I think it actually lends credence to the notion that Notre Dame would not necessarily join the big 10 because NBC can have both facets and and control both aspects of it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think there is, there is some value in that now. I think a lot of it's going to come down to ratings, you know, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this in the third segment about the brand of these football programs. And, you know, when you look at national brands, Notre Dame is right up there uh, among the elite, uh, no matter how good or bad they are. But, you know, looking at um, Notre Dame's schedule this year, they play obviously predominantly ACC schedule, um, but they have teams, you know, they play, no, they, hope they play Ohio State this year. They play Marshall, Charles Huff. Uh, then they've got, you know, Cal, North Carolina, BYU, Stanford, UNLV, Syracuse, uh, Clemson is, a, is one of the premier games for them. Navy, uh, obviously they got USC. And, and Boston College, Notre Dame and USC don't want to give up that rivalry, um, but it's just one of those situations. So it'll be interesting to see how these cards fall, because it, it, with the ACC and the way that the, the college football pendulum is swinging, would you rather see Notre Dame play Syracuse or would you rather play watch Notre Dame play Michigan State? And well, I I think that's, you know, and maybe it maybe it doesn't mean that they can't still be independent, but maybe instead of playing an ACC predominant schedule, then it maybe it translates into a big time dominant schedule.
0: You've already
1: hit on the two key factors.
0: It's going to determine how much money NBC has. Do they have enough money to pay Notre Dame 60 or 70 million dollars a year independently from the Big Ten? And then secondly, the ratings. And I think I think the ratings will, will be fine. But as you're going through that schedule, I'm, I'm, I'm loving that. If I'm NBC, I'm loving that. You got Notre Dame-Clemson?
1: Yeah, you I love Notre, Notre
0: Dame-Clemson. You got Notre Dame-USC?
1: You've got – who who did you say – did you say they've got Ohio State? They you have Ohio State, State. Now, I'm not sure if that's on – I now, I don't know if these are all sure. on Notre Dame or, or on uh, NBC or not. Right. But, yeah, but you can have two of those games in the Big Ten and, and the coming big, up and, soon
0: and this new Big Ten TV deal doesn't kick into effect next year, but what I'm, what we're talking about here is the NBC theoretically can have the best of both worlds. They can have the Big Ten and all these traditional matchups and still have Notre Dame Clemson and still have Notre Dame Boston College, which I think probably does a pretty good number for,
1: for NBC. Maybe not as great. Notre Dame based on their brand is going to pull in ratings, whether they're so then, playing little sisters of the poor or UNLV at a two th- on 2.30 on a Saturday afternoon. They're, they're always going to pull in ratings. But how greedy is NBC going to be? How greedy is the Big Ten going to be? How greedy does Notre Dame want to be? Huh. Notre Dame wants to be independent.
0: I, I have no, no misconceptions about that. Notre Dame does not want – as long as Notre Dame has a path to the college football playoff – Notre Dame does not want to be in a conference. They like their setup with the ACC, with basketball and their other sports. They want to be independent football. So my point is, when I was talking about the pretty girl earlier, you cannot ask the pretty girl out in 10th grade and then wait until you're 32 years old for her to finally say yes. You've got to move on with your life, okay? The Big Ten has got to move on from Notre Dame. If Notre Dame doesn't want to be a part of the Big Ten, fine. Move on to Oregon move on to Washington, move on to Stanford, move on to Utah or Colorado or Florida State or Clemson or Miami. There are other fish in the sea, man. If this particular, fine, she's the prettiest girl. Hey, Jared, I'm 48. Some of the prettiest girls I went to high school with, they ain't all that pretty at 45 and 48 years old, all right? So just because Notre Dame has always been this, the prettiest girl in the room that everybody's waiting to date, doesn't mean that Notre Dame is going to age as well in the big 10 as, as some other girl. So again, I, I know am maybe may making some strange comparisons here, but the point of the matter is you cannot just hold up everything that you want to do based on what the hell Notre Dame is going to do.
1: Right. And, you know, looking at some information based on their um, their contract, um, you know, with NBC right now, they make about $26 million a year. Uh, between his partnership with NBC and the ACC. Uh, So according to some reports here, it it looks like they could be expected to get about 60 million per year from the new TV deal. And that's enough. Yeah. Right. But they also get, you know, a certain amount of money from the ACC. Now who's to say a a conference like the big 10 can't be like, all right, well, listen, we'll chip in like 15 million and put you at 75 million. Come hang out with us. Um, but that's a still, obviously, significant, significant chunks of change here that, you know, and Kevin Warren, Big Ten Commissioner, said they want to be at 20 teams. And they're, what, 16 now with the addition of USC and uh, UCLA? So, hey, we, what's going to happen next? You know, and we can get into that a little bit
0: in the third segment. We're going to talk branding. We're going to talk about what what you can love about Penn State. and I, I want to get into that in our third segment, too, about, okay, fine, if it's not Notre Dame. Who else would fans want to see in the big Ten
1: yeah right i it will be interesting to see that because you know what's going to make the best matchup right you know you have the bottom feeders of the Big Ten in Maryland and Rutgers, right, and they're not going away based on their markets, and I understand that Penn State's only three hours away um really from from mar from Maryland and college park and And then you've got the close proximity to Rutgers in New Jersey and the New York market. But, you know, who, who is going to make the big 10 better? What do you want? How do you make that happen? And I think Oregon is a team that you have to look at. Um, I think Miami could be too. Uh, And, and you got to look at it, you know, from a football and, you know, other athletics department, you know, and from probably a basketball standpoint as well. So, you know, I think those would be two addition, two good additions for both. Um, but, again, it's just going to be interesting to see, you know, how that happens.
0: Let's take a break. I want to get into more of that. You, might, you brought up the
1: basketball component
0: there. I, I want to touch on that a little bit in the third segment as well.
1: Sounds good, Corey. So we'll get you on the flip side here. For the third final segment of the We Are Podcast on the EK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. coming back to the third and final segment of the We Are Podcast on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. He's Corey Geiger. I'm Jerry Program. We're talking about branding. Corey, I was a sport management major at Robert Morris. I graduated in 2013, so this is right up my alley. I love it. You know, we talked about Notre Dame as a brand. We talked about Penn State as a brand. Um, everywhere you go, they're going to get rankings. They're going to sell tickets. They're going to sell merchandise and apparel and everything else.
0: Well, what you can love about Penn State is 107,000 000- Seat Stadium, large fan base, a passionate fan base. This comes up a lot, a whole lot, in Pitt versus Penn State discussions. When we have these discussions about expanding the Big Ten, people need to understand this is not about football on the field. Somebody asked me about West Virginia, Pitt, some of these other. This is not about being competitive on the field. It's business it's business it's money it's brand it's tv market i threw out colorado the other day as a possibility for the big 10 call denver is the number 17 market in the country 17 tv market that's huge you don't think you don't think the big 10 would like to be in denver you don't think the big 10 would like to be in phoenix arizona where arizona state is that would be and, and so, nice
1: come october november so look,
0: that's <laughs> what we're talking about here we're not talking about could Pitt beat Penn State on the field? Could West Virginia beat, beat Penn State on the field? We're talking money, 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 money.
1: Yeah, and I think that's that is the the almighty dollar rules everything here. Um, you know, you've got USC and UCLA. That's your LA market. That's your California. That's your West Coast. You could go up to Oregon. They got Nike money. That's some good money. Um, and then you maybe bring in a, a Washington or an Oklahoma or an Oregon State. But you know. It, the brands are there and, and in the big 10, especially, man, there are a ton of popular brands. And, and a lot of that, you know, is good for the, good for the conference. You know, you've got Ohio state or I'm sorry, the Ohio state. Um, You've got Michigan, you've got Michigan state, you've got Wisconsin. I'm not even going to give Nebraska the time of day because Scott Frost is an absolute moron. Um, But that's neither here nor there for a segment about branding. Um, But you've got, those types of, of, of brands in the Big Ten. So maybe West Virginia. And, and at the same time, the Big Ten is still, at the root of it, a good academic conference. You know, well, some of the, but, but academics doesn't sell tickets. That's the key, though. All these schools, except for, I believe,
0: I don't think Nebraska is a member of the AAU, the Association of American Universities. The Big Ten seems to want membership in that a prestigious academic fraternity. Washington is an AAU member, Oregon is, Utah is, Colorado is, Stanford is. Arizona State is not. Florida State is not. Clemson is not. Now, do you mean to tell me if Clemson became available, would the Big Ten want Clemson even if it's not an AAU member? Sure, absolutely. But I do think Clemson probably goes to the SEC anyway. But the point of the matter is, as we're debating who who the Big Ten might want or might not, we don't know for sure, Jared, how much being an AAU member means to the Big Ten, because if that is a huge priority, it does start to limit the pool. You're not going to get certain programs like a Florida State or a Miami or a Clemson if the Big Ten truly does want an AAU member.
1: Right. And, and listen, at the end of the day, at what point does academics just not matter? And it's all about money because you can't say no to $80 million. Um and or seven point five billion dollars, and everybody's gonna want a piece of that pie. You know, and what what happened? Who's to say that you know down the road you don't start kicking out members? Yeah, and I
0: mean, Rutgers, Indiana, should they be in the Big Ten? Let me add Illinois. R- yeah, right. I'll just add one thing here. It's about basketball. I love college basketball. I'm a lifelong Syracuse fan. I'd love to see Syracuse in the Big Ten. Ain't going to happen. Syracuse would add nothing to the Big Ten. I'd like to see Pitt in the Big Ten. Ain't going to happen. Pitt would add nothing to the Big Ten. West Virginia would add nothing to the Big Ten. There's no TV market for Pitt, Syracuse, West Virginia. There's no gigantic passionate fan base, Pitt, Syracuse, West Virginia. College basketball does not matter. I I keep getting asked this by a lot, and I hate it. I hate it. You would think that college basketball – the money in college football – dwarfs college basketball to such an unbelievable percentage that these decisions, somebody asked me about Kansas, the big 10 wouldn't want Kansas. Their football program would add nothing. But Kansas is a great basketball program. So what? It just, it just doesn't matter. Basketball is simply not part of the equation here.
1: No, and it's a separate equation because the money, the heavy money in basketball comes from the NCAA tournament. Yes. Um, but here, man, you know, this deal, this is huge. Um, and, it, and, and you're able to maximize this, the brand of Penn State, the brand of Ohio State, the brand of Michigan. Because now, listen, I think they're much better off with this deal than they were with ESPN and everything. Obviously, they still have the Big Ten Network, which is, um, you know, associated with Fox you're getting some prime time matchups and you're going you're going head to head against the iron bowl. You're going head to head against uh, a lot of good football games. And I think that's something too, to look forward to uh, down the road is how these schedules look because they're going to put games like Ohio state, Michigan up against, or maybe that, I mean, that's a a fixated, that's a fixated um, time of the game or date of the game, but you're going to get Ohio state, Penn state, going up against uh, a matchup like Alabama Auburn, Alabama um LSU and, and and things like that or Clemson and and whoever. So I think that's something to look at too when you're when you're looking down the line at scheduling here. And that means that Penn State
0: will always have a place at the big boy table. Uh, even coming off of 11-11 record over the last 2 years, dovetailing back to the beginning, Penn State's always going to be a game or two away from getting right back in the discussion. Well, Penn State is always going to be in the financial discussion. And, again, I, I'm not picking on Pitt. I'm not picking on Syracuse or West Virginia, Kansas, Yukon. There are different programs out there that are in different states of, of success levels that would love to be – hell, Jared, they would love to be even Rutgers or Purdue or Indiana or Illinois when you're talking about getting 75 or 80 million dollars every year from your TV deal.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it'll be, it, this is just the tip. This is, this is the tip of the iceberg. And there's just so much more that, that remains to be seen both good, bad, and indifferent. So it will be very interesting to see how this plays out and, and the, the pieces that fall where they may, but I can tell you one thing, Corey, we're in the home stretch. It's almost time for football. Hey,
0: next week, we're going to preview the opener. We're going to talk a football game on our podcast next week.
1: I can't wait. So we're going to rest up, recover, and get ready to talk about Purdue in week zero for Penn State, or however they refer to it here in in the NCAA. So we'll talk about that next week. Thank you, as always, for listening to the We Are Podcast, the Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. For Corey Geiger, I'm Jeff Prugar. We'll talk to you again next week.